this is the podcast. Tweak and Geek. I work here. I'm a podcaster. Geek number 13, October 14th, 2008. Coming to you live from the Serangoon MRT station, NE12 slash CC13. I'm your host, Craig, and thoroughly ashamed of my co-host, Pat, right now. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So that was where Wikipedia Random decided we were. Oh, okay. Wikipedia Random. Are you sure it wasn't Wikipedia stupid? It's a... Uh, might have been. So just so everyone knows, there's an underground station on the northeast line in Singapore. Um, <laughs> I guess that's significant. But I've got like a whole schedule and everything. It's crazy. So what you're saying is that we're in a subway station in Southeast Asia right now. Yes. And the interesting things that have happened here are on February 8th of 2004 – for 20 minutes, power was out, and 250 train passengers were trapped on trains. And in February 2005, there was some excavation, and the station, like, sank by a centimeter. Really? By a centimeter? Yeah. Wow. So I'm sure that that means there was a pro- profu- profusion of earthquakes and volcanoes and barking dogs running in the street. Armageddon and Ragnarok all rolled into Holy one. Holy moly. Well, then we'll have to be careful recording the podcast from there. And from what I hear, it sounds like you picked up a, a homeless person in that subway station. I did. I was followed home. By whom? Hello. <laughs> <sighs> well, you see, she can't do anything. She can't do anything. <sighs> oh, well, so who are you, homeless person? Hello, my name is Lori, and I am a Tweak and Geek listener. So what you're saying is that Singapore subway homeless people listen to Tweak and Geek? Everyone listens to Tweak and Geek. Wow. So Actually, it said I told her that I wouldn't feed her and I'd kick her out of my apartment if she didn't podcast. Oh, I see. Well, that's good. So, all right, if you're a Tweak and Geek listener, Lori, you've listened to us for the past... 12 episodes, which uh, approximately correspond to a year, what would you say is the most memorable moment you've had in Tweaking Geek? Absolutely. When you had Michael Swindler as your guest host. Really? Is he, did he pay you to say that? Absolutely not. I'm just a big fan of Swindler. Oh, well, that's good. That's crap. This is our podcast. That's right. It's not Tweak and Swindler. You're fired after this podcast. Um, well, I don't think either of you have ever invited me to their wedding. So, uh, yes, Mike Swindler's a little high on my list. That's I didn't invite you to he my good reception. I didn't invite you to my wedding because it was an unholy abomination against nature. So there. And I'm I'm reasonably certain I did in fact invite you to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> very fun. <laughs> And if we have any listeners who don't know, Lori is my fiance. So I hope she's planning to be at my wedding. Oh. Hopefully. It's so cute. And let's just put it out there that uh, Pat and I would never would have met if it wasn't for Craig. Oh. Bleh. I'm going to hurl. All right, let's move on. We did. Okay. So so we talked about the new iPods last time, right? Yes. Okay, so way more interesting than all this crap is Lori got one of the new nanos yay so review it for us how awesome is it or does it suck um well um for the ipod part i give it two enthusiastic thumbs up for the headphones that came with it fail um my headphones broke earlier this week so can't say i'm too happy about that performance but um, what can you expect? It's the stock headphones that they give you, and they probably weren't meant to be balled up in my pocket. But um, 
I got the iPod Nano in the purple color. Mm-hmm. I really like pink, but the pink was just a little too crazy pink met- metal shiny. Um, so I went with purple. Uh, but all the colors actually are very nice in person. We went to the iPod store at Fashion Valley and looked at them for quite a while. Um, basically, I have had a iPod for quite a few years now. I actually have the second design, the one where there's like the four buttons at the top right under the screen, and the screen was like black and white. <laughs> and it's powered by banging rocks together. Pretty much. Um, you know, I, I've had really good luck with it. I don't have much bad to say. It It's a little temperamental. You pretty much have to leave it plugged in at all times if you want to ever ever unplug it and listen to it for an hour or so because um, it loses its charge really fast and I just never was comfortable enough to try to replace the battery myself. Um, and Pat and I once tried to like mod his um, Game Boy Advance and that didn't work out too well so I really didn't think the two of us would team up and try that either. <laughs> Alright, new, new story, new story. Let's talk about the Nano. <laughs> um, so I had the 10 gig iPod, and I went with um, the 18 gig Nano. So that gives me. You, you mean know, the 16 gig? Sorry. Did you get an extra two gigs because of? <laughs> no, I didn't. You, you. She like taped it onto the side. <laughs> I haven't told it. They're not actually connected yet. <laughs> Don't destroy my image. Um, Yes, I have the 16 gig nano because I do have a lot of music. I know at the last podcast, the three of you were talking about how um, none of you use your iPods primarily for music. Well, I do. Um, I have a pretty big MP3 collection because I was an avid illegal downloader back in the day. And I hope the RIAA is not listening because I don't want to get in trouble. Wait, is that a siren? You're yeah. busted. You're so busted. <laughs> I'm so busted. Um, so, yeah, I really like it. Um, I like the, the screen is a really good quality. I like how, you know, when you move the, the iPod, it will go from, you know, side to top viewing. Uh, it's cool. And the, the shake to shuffle feature is really neat. Um, the only bad thing is it doesn't shuffle within a playlist. So if I'm in a playlist and I shake it, it just randomly picks the song from my entire library. I think I'd rather like it if it picked a song from my my playlist to shuffle in but that's okay now let me ask you a question about well, several things when you said when you okay. shake it it picks a new song from your library can you, if you shake it will it kind of keep shuffling is it just like a, a whole ra- new random thing or is it just it will randomly pick the next song and then after that it'll just go the next song sequentially after that no every time you shake it it will oh if you mean if I shake it and then let it go for a while to the next yeah. song what does it do I haven't tried that. I don't have enough of an attention span, I guess. Uh, now, have you used the Genius playlist yet? I have. In fact, um, I actually used it for the first time tonight in preparation for my appearance on your your podcast. She did her homework. Wow. I did. Yeah, and so what do you think um, about the Genius? Did it do all right? Uh, it's okay. Um, I actually use the um, iTunes Music Store recommended for you feature a lot. Oh, really? Before. And this kind of takes its place. And overall, yeah, it's pretty good. There's a few things in my library that it doesn't know what to do with. Um, I listen to a band called The Prodigals, which is a Irish band, but not like traditional Irish music, more like a modern take on Irish music. It had no idea what to do with any of <laughs> the songs I geniused from, from that group. I have a couple ideas. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, like, uh, I also have a artist called Tarkan who does Turkish music, and that gave a really strange playlist. Like, um, Wham! was in there, and Jeff Buckley, and it just doesn't really go with it. I think they were picking from, like, things in the same year, maybe. Um, but overall, yeah, it, it did a good job of picking things from, from my library to put into a playlist, and the recommendations off to the side were really cool. So I th- definitely think it's a cool feature, and I like how there's just you know an option to save it to your playlist if you if you like what you see, or if not, you can just keep going. Hmm. Yeah. So have you used I'll definitely use it more? Oh, that that's great. And ha- have you used the video 
uh, capabilities at all? I haven't really. Um, because I had the old school iPod for so long, I didn't really get into video too much because, well, mine just couldn't do it. So um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to doing with my new iPod. You know, purple. Great. So so you give it an enthusiastic two thumbs up. Yeah, I really like it. Um, it's really It's really small and light, especially compared to what I had, which was pretty heavy. And it, it's pretty small and light compared to the touch. Yeah. It, it makes the touch look gigantic. That's because the touch is awesome. Yeah, it really does. I was actually going to say um whenever you have the uh new iPod Nano near Pat's iPod Touch, does it just shrivel up and die? No, it 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 holds its own. Really? So it it is so would you say uh it's an improvement over the little fat Nano? I think so. Yeah, I, I think all the extra features definitely make it an improvement. Um, I just would like to point out that the reason I went with the Nano wasn't necessarily like the price point. I actually looked at all of them. I looked at getting a touch, and I looked at the Classic, and I looked at the Nano. And I never really thought I'd want a Nano because I always thought that the size was too small for me. And um, in the end, you know, the, the size, the 16 gigs is is a good size for me in my collection. And I like the fact that it's so small and portable. And, um, yeah, I mean, maybe going forward, if I really invest more in the video aspect and want to use the iPod when I travel to watch movies and video podcasts and things, I may choose to add an iPod touch. But for now, I really like my, really like my iPod Nano. Well, excellent. Well, I think that we can all agree that the iPod Nano is not as good as the iPod Touch. So thanks thanks for reviewing that product for us, Lori. Thank you, Craig. Now go do the dishes. Uh, <laughs> no, that's your job. <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah, Lord. Never mind. Now go bake me a pie. Uh, no. Speaking, okay. of, try. speaking of baking a pie, wouldn't it be great if by just the genetic makeup of your body, you could manipulate the universe so that pies could spontaneously appear. That sounds like a great superpower. That is. So, I'll take that. So for, <laughs> for, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Heroes, the new season of Heroes, season, I guess, three or two and a half or whatever, uh, just started about four weeks ago. Wow, what a subtle intro we had. <laughs> I thought the pie thing Great was Great segue, cool. guys. <laughs> you know, you may want to, like, um, splice in some, like, heroic music as we do this just to make it really apparent to people, if not already. Wait, hold on just a second. Um, I'm looking around to see your uh, your podcast. Not, I'm walking on air. Shut up. I'm trying to say something very clever and insulting. I was oh, going to say sorry. I was just looking around to see if where your podcasting production credentials are and i just don't seem to see them anywhere so when you're qualified (laughs) what yes so when you're qualified to tell me what i should do then about making this podcast then i'll ask oh that was shut it noob (gasps) and that's noob spelled n00b is that any way to treat your listeners come on you're not a a listener before heroes heroes season three season three Three of heroes three it's three it is three. It's and thankfully, because season two of Heroes, I think we can all agree, was less than optimal. I mean, it was good, but they rushed the end, and it was really clear. That's yeah, and that's because of our uh, writer strike. So, and I'm not sure if you can say anything more than that. I think we talked about the writer strike once, so we'll never speak of that again. Okay, so I don't want to go into too many spoilers, but I, I, I do want to go into a few. So, if you like Heroes and haven't watched recently skip this like next couple minutes spoiler alert spoiler alert okay okay so season two rough ending uh season three had a terrible start i think the first the double episode and the second week were both awful so basically let me recap everything that the heroes rushed to do in the first season and second season has now been completely undone but it's cool now right Siler can't get Claire's power, but he does, and that's fine. 
<laughs> oh, and Adam Monroe must be hidden away from the world, but we're going to go let him out, and that's cool. Uh, did I miss anything? Um, Didn't they try to neutralize Claire's dad, but now he's back in the company, and that's fine? Yes. That's right. So, so yeah. It, uh, oh, N- Nathan Petrelli got shot, but now he's fine. That's right. That's right. Oh, and someone, like, took, uh, what's his name? It starts with L. I keep thinking Lieberman. That's not it. Linderman? Oh, Linderman. Linderman. Someone, like, grabbed Linderman's brain and chucked it out. But he's back now, too. That's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Is that what – how did Linderman oh. die? I forgot. Uh, what's his name? You could walk through walls, like, grab into his head and pulled his brain out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nikki's husband. Yeah. And don't forget, Nikki died, but not really. Her, Her twin, other her, twin sister. You no, know, it's identical triplet. Her identical triplet sister yeah. is back in and she butt. can and she can turn things into ice. So I have one comment about Hero. That wacky hero. <laughs> so if if he died painfully, I'd be totally okay with it right now. I know, isn't it like he was like so cool the first season, even the first two seasons, and now he's like annoying. Uh he got a little bit to me when he was having his wacky Japanese evil adventure. Yeah. So the fans hated uh, Adam Monroe, and yet they brought him back anyway. Why did they hate Adam Monroe? Because he looks like Doogie Howser? That could be it. Like, an evil Doogie Howser just doesn't sit well. Hmm. Yeah, I know. It seemed to sit very well on Dr. Horrible's blog, sing-along blog. Okay, the real Doogie Howser can be evil, but an evil wannabe Doogie Howser just not working. Definitely grant that. Yeah, Um, I I didn't get, like, isn't his power exactly the same as Claire's? Yes. So then, like... But no, Claire's different, because Silo told us that. Oh, like, Claire, right, exactly. Claire's different in that she's different because she's exactly the same as Adam Monroe, or she's younger, maybe that's it. I can tell you why she's different. Why? How about you don't? Okay. You know why she's different? Yeah. Are you just, Uh, are you speculating? No, the... She okay. Everyone who's listening, Lori like lives on spoiler sites. She <laughs> delights in telling me what's going to happen in these shows weeks before it happens. Actually, this was just my own conjecture. It wasn't based on anything I've read on Watch with Kristen. Okay, so what is your <laughs> conjecture? My conjecture is, as we have recently learned in the Heroes universe, some of our heroes were not spontaneous mutations or inherited mutations, they were actually made to have these mutations. They were deliberately mutated as children. But I think Claire is different in that she was a spontaneous mutation. I think she is somehow a descendant of Adam. Ah, I'll buy that. He's had centuries to, like, you know, father children, so just makes sense one of them gets his cool ability and his stuff you know yeah if you're immortal can you imagine how much child support you could end up having to pay totally that's true we're all Uh, children of adam so this season is (laughs) that was good wasn't that good that was awful awful never talk again (laughs) so this season isn't totally bad though um episode three kind of started to rev things up so we've got action and excitement and plot lines that aren't idiotic, and I don't even want to stab Mohinder in the face anymore. Because... And Molly has grown into her teeth. <laughs> in fact, I, I want to stab Mohinder in the face with Molly's teeth. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, I, I, one of the, the themes I see coming out and that I'm happy about is uh, maybe redemption for Siler, or some sort of whatever, because we find out a secret about Siler, but the fact of the matter is, is now that he's teamed up with Noah Bennett, you know, and not, like, trying to kill everybody, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, because at the end of season two, it's like, you know, all of a sudden he's like, I got my powers back, and it's like, oh, goody, another season of, like, everyone being afraid of Siler. Now at least we're just afraid of, like, random characters we've never heard of before. I'd much prefer that. True, true. But and what happened to iPod Girl? iPod Girl is still missing. Which one's I- iPod Girl? Oh, I know. In the future? Muscle memory. Like, at the end of season two, she gets kidnapped by these bad guys, and that's, like, it. We're, I guess we're cool with it. I liked Muscle Memory Girl. We're like, all right, uh, payroll reduction, Muscle Memory Girl, you've been cut. 
Yeah, I'd have to say there's not nearly enough of Micah either. I think that's a pretty awesome power that he has where he can like talk to machines and like like touch the computer and like, you know, be like I don't know, reading the I'm okay with whatever. Micah being gone. You what you're like okay. Micah. Yeah. Yeah, they need I more children with powers. Except for Molly. What? Right. So I'd like to stab Mohinder in the face with Molly's teeth attached to Micah's femur. Okay. <laughs> That's so cruel. Okay. So, all right. So we've talked a little bit about heroes and, you know, we've, we're only really up to episode five, so we can't really say much more, but all right. What is the coolest power of hero in the hero's universe right now? Cause there's been a few new characters introduced. So of, you know, maybe of the coolest new power or like your favorite power that you've seen so far that isn't totally stupid. Anybody wow. venture what's a your, guess? What, what's your favorite? Let us think this over. Okay. I think my favorite power... I mean, I could say, oh, Peter Petrelli, because basically all he does is like suck up everybody else's powers. But I think that's kind of a cop-out because then, you know, it's like saying, my favorite color is rainbow. Um, I would say that... Uh, my favorite power is I, oh okay um, the power that we found out that I think his name is Bob the head of the company where he could touch things and turn them into gold but he never actually used it but we Siler told us he had it I thought that was pretty fun well how do they have enough money to build that bunker exactly mm-hmm. he turns I don't know his opponents into gold <laughs> he turns Primatech paper reams into big solid gold reams. gold leaf that's how they can, like, you know, cover the spires of cathedrals. Yes, thanks to him. Okay, All right. I think um, my favorite power. Well, that's a hard one. There are a lot of cool ones. It's like all the ones this season that they're ripping off from the X-Men. Yeah. Um, no, you're going to have to come back to me. I need to think about it some more. Lori? Um, I actually think that Muscle Memory Girl is my favorite. Really? Power. Yeah, just to be able to see anything done once and be able to do it. I mean, because there's, it's, maybe it's as much of a cop-out as the Peter Bertrelli power, but it seems like there's very little limit that way. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. And you just like her because she carries around an iPod. Well, yeah. Now I have a cool new iPod. Mine's probably better than hers now. I bet she uses an iPod mini. I think the iPod nano would be, like, really convenient. Yeah. It's it's small and it's pink. I'd be like, oh, look at my pink iPod. (laughs) Kung fu. Ha! I know Kung Fu. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Siler's power. Uh, you know, the hunger, whatever, keep Nacho's handy and I'll be okay. But I think it was a spiritual hunger. Never mind. Um, yes. But, you know, it was cool. And, you know, another spoiler. Spoiler alert. We find out this season that despite all the innuendo, <laughs> he does not actually eat brains. He examines them and then understands how they work. So I'm going to go with that power. That is good. I know it was funny when Claire was lying there and she's like, are you going to eat my brain now? He's like, that's disgusting. So that was great. You know what he does? He like sits there and looks at computers and then especially computers running windows. And then he just cries. (laughs) He understands it. And then he goes insane. (laughs) And that's why he's so angry. Excellent. So we're all going to keep watching it though, right? None of us have given up on heroes. Yeah, it definitely redeemed itself for me this last episode. I was getting kind of disappointed and thinking I had really jumped the shark, but um, I'm I'm interested enough to keep going. I think I'm I am kind of disappointed that they're taking this um, different tact and that it's not anything mystical. It's like, oh well, we injected babies with genes when they were infants. Ha ha ha! Yes, now. they're they're. they're pulling a midichlorian yeah it's kind of lame i wish they kept with their the original you know there was an eclipse and all these people started discovering their powers that was pretty cool yeah it was and i'm still disappointed that i can't see mohinder stabbed in the face by molly's teeth attached to micah's femur launched from a potato gun fashioned out of hero's skull but (laughs) (laughs) i can dream (laughs) pat thank you for the visual Okay, I have to ask one more thing about another science fiction show. Did you guys watch Stargate Atlantis last week? No, our DVR refused to tape that episode, so we're going to have to buy it on iTunes, but we haven't yet. I bought it on iTunes because, yeah, well, it probably refused to record it because they moved it to a different time slot because of that, that other show. That must be why. I heard it was really good. 
Oh my god, I just wanted to tell... I, there's such a spoiler, but I can't say anything, because... Alright, so we'll talk oh, about that next I, time. I need to know who the guys in the suits are, but we'll talk about that next episode. <gasps> I know who the guys in the suits are. It's amazing. If you tell me, I will drive to your house and burn it down. Which will be kind of amazing, since we live across the country. Yeah, you'll you'll have a couple days to, like, bunker up and protect yourself against me by installing your hero skull potato gun that launches Micah's femur with Molly's teeth on the front. It's like you'll be John Connor waiting for Terminator to come at you. You'll just you'll know it's coming, but you know, no matter what you do, it'll find you. Exactly. We have a listener who uh has sent lots and lots of emails lately. Pretty much I think she finds like the weirdest websites of all time. This would be our listener Kate. Thank you, Kate, for your continued uh participation. She was actually quite surprised when the Large Hadron Collider uh, started up and did not destroy the Earth. Surprised and disappointed? Um, I think we were all a little disappointed that it didn't destroy the Earth. Boo. Boo, but, you know, that's, that is what it is. Um, but So she sent this website, which is from LiveScience.com, and this particular story is the top 10 ways to destroy the earth and gosh how can you really you know get better content than that um sure so what are the top 10 ways all right so all right let's let's guess all right what do you think the 10th bit best way to destroy the earth is or most i guess it's like kind of in order of like most likeliness likelihood it's it's really hard to uh, rank them it is well all right so i'll tell you what number 10 is to- they call it total existence failure. So in order to destroy the Earth, all you need is nothing. You just have to sit around and wait 2 times 10 to the 50 years. And then all the matter in the universe will pretty much just decay spontaneously. And so not only will it destroy the Earth, it'll destroy the whole universe too. Wow. So um, what about the Death Star? That would be a good way to destroy the Earth too. But so there- well, let's, let's talk about this. So there's a website out there <clears throat> where someone analyzed the Death Star. Yeah. And so if you assume an Earth-like planet, um, if you estimate the surface escape velocity and the energy it would take uh, to reach that for the planet's mass, we're going about 3.7 times 10 to the 32nd joules, which is a lot. Which is exactly the number of joules of energy in the Baconator burger at Wendy's. So with a Baconator, you could do that. Actually, on, on my blog many, many, many months ago, I calculated this. Uh, if it would be enough energy to power my computer for approximately, I don't even know what this number is. Um, what is well, it, what's the number when you have seven sets of zeros? Um, let me see. Thousand million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, quintillion, Hexillion? Sextillion. Sextillion? Sextillion. So 4.6 sextillion years of power for my computer and you could blow up the Earth. Pat, why don't you just use scientific notation? Because it really looks cooler when you write out all the zeros. (sighs) It is pretty cool. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Number nine, gobbled up by strangelets. You would actually need a large Hadron Collider for this. This is pretty much why they thought that the uh, Earth was going to be destroyed by the large Hadron Collider. Because strangelets are these uh, exotic form of matter that uh, that involve strange quarks, and they're in such as they're kind of like Ice Nine in uh, Cat's Cradle, if by Kurt Vonnegut. If you guys remember that, it's like if regular water touches Ice Nine, it freezes to this like version of ice that uh, melts at like 160 degrees. So strangelets are basically something like that, where if you have a strangelet, if they actually exist, and they touched regular matter before they decayed, they would convert that other matter to strangelets, and then other matter that they touched would convert to strangelets, and eventually it would be a chain reaction, and the whole Earth would turn into this strange, strangelet goop. However, except the lifetime of strangelets is so unbelievably short that the the probability that it would ever come into contact with any other matter is... Uh, I would say at best one in six. So there's only one in six chance that 
the Earth. Well, no, it's actually more than that. It's like have, have we actually seen strange quarks? Like, have those been proven, or are they just theoretical? Um, no, no, strange quarks definitely exist. Do it's do strange lets exist? Um, I don't know. There's, I think they're like, I think right now they're a mathematical construct, but I don't think anyone's ever observed a strange lit. But we pretty much know that'll never happen because uh, if strange lits were going to exist, they would also occur by uh, cosmic rays uh, hitting neutron stars, and uh, then the whole neutron star would turn into strange lits, and we don't see any strange lit neutron stars out there. So the fact that there are any. Uh-huh. Yeah, fail. fail. Exactly. Next idea. This idea is crap. I like strangelets. They're so strange. Let. All right. <laughs> Sucked into a microscopic black hole. This is awesome. This is, so many sci-fi writers have written about this. I mean, Larry Niven had a good story about this. Uh, David Brin wrote a book called Earth. That's actually one of my favorite sci-fi books. Uh, this is awesome. So this is like a little teeny microscopic black hole makes its way into the earth gets caught here starts orbiting around and sooner or later it eats the planet do i have that yeah that's exactly what they were saying uh it oscillates back and forth like a matter absorbing pendulum the website says huh matter absor- i've never seen one of those yeah and it says it will uh uh oscillate back and forth like a matter absorbing pendulum um until you just wait and while it consumes matter until the whole earth is gone. The, it could be exciting. The, the problem with this is that, uh, well, there's several things. A microscopic black hole, I, I assume they're talking about like a black hole that could be, for instance, formed in the Large Hadron Collider, would have such a small um, gravitational field that it would take you know, many lifetimes of the universe for it to actually absorb enough matter to actually get a gravitational field enough to absorb, you know, macroscopic amounts of matter. So well, we're assuming that we're patient about the Earth being destroyed, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, we hope that, you know, it takes a little while anyway. We want to get our money's worth. All right, so let's continue. Number What's se- number seven? Blown up in a matter-antimatter reaction. Oh, I hate antimatter. I say we skip this one. This is crap. Well, This it, has a different number for the energy to destroy the Earth, though. So, Yeah, it, it's basically crap because you'd need 2.5 trillion tons of antimatter to completely annihilate the Earth. Dude, you would need a really big truck. Exactly. A, a truck made of antimatter. That's true. So, basically, the only way we can create antimatter is... According to uh, Angels and Demons in the CERN uh, Particle Collider. So it basically creates it at a very small amount at a time. So it, there's no way that will ever happen. Okay, number six is destroyed by a vacuum energy detonation, which this is basically, for all you Stargate people, basically blow up a ZPM. Ah. So in Arthur C. Clarke's 3001, he talked about an Earth where they had managed to harness vacuum energy. Right. Which is, yeah, which is basically a Stargate ZPM. Because uh, the vacuum is actually very energetic because particles pop in and out of existence pretty much all the time. And it's just, it's, uh, well, very energetic. There's, a vacuum is not empty. It's just very full of energy. However, oh, look at this. They cited 3001 as their source of this way to destroy the Earth. That's true, they did. So hopefully the Earth is destroyed by 3001. Remember to turn off your vacuum when you're done with it so that you don't detonate the Earth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Turn off the Hoover. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so number five, sucked into a giant black hole. So instead of a microscope... Does this really deserve two? Well, no, but the other one was a microscopic black hole. This is just a regular black hole. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, th- see, the other one is that a little black hole, like, runs into the Earth and just kind of basically sucks the whole thing up, where this is, you have to haul the Earth over to the black hole, or haul the black hole over to the Earth, or they... Or as they suggest, both. Yeah, that you haul them together so that it will cut down on the time. Um, somehow they, they say that... they. This guy here expects that will... Uh, we won't have the technology 
to move a black hole at 90% the speed of light until the year at least 3,000. So, you know. That's a good estimate. Over, under. <laughs> Over, right. yeah, okay. So basically, make the Earth get sucked into a black hole. Will there be like a creepy robot named Maximilian there? Maybe. Oh, you've never watched the black hole. I have not. Uh, it's a classic. Check it uh, out. Okay, so here, this is boring. Pulverized by impact with a blunt instrument. Yay. <laughs> what? So, pulverized with a... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed... Uh, that was number three. Yeah, you skipped, you skipped meticulously and systematically deconstructed. Yes. Kind of like by replicators? Yeah, this, could, this actually isn't a terrible idea, right? If we ever needed a Dyson sphere or some other superstellar kind of structure, we'd kind of have to do this. Yeah. But this isn't really destroying, right? This is rebuilt. It's like remodeling. Well, technically, what they say here is use a mass driver, which is basically just a big rail gun, to you dig up pieces of the Earth and shoot it into orbit. So you just yeah. basically shoot everything into orbit, which would mean dump trucks and kittens and loaves. <gasps> Not bread. kittens. Kittens would be the first to go. They'd just take a. No. <laughs> there would be a big load of kittens shot into orbit. Okay, so all right, so number three is pulverized by impact with blunt instrument. Yay, asteroid hits Earth. I mean, if you've been hit by one asteroid, you've been hit by a thousand. So what? And more I'm gonna you? I'm gonna complain about this whole idea. Did you see Deep Impact a few years back? Yes. They got the physics totally wrong. They're like, oh, two asteroids are going to hit the Earth, and one's going to hit the ocean, and that kind of sucks. But one's going to hit Canada, and that's going to cause extinction. And I just want to point out that was backwards. Because the one that hits Canada, most of the energy reflects out, back out to space, and no big deal. It sucks to be under it, but yeah. uh, the one that hits the ocean, most of the energy gets captured, vaporizing ocean, and that one causes the extinction. Ah, see? That's – I mean, besides that, it was basically a documentary is what you're saying. Right. And if you want to hear all this stuff, check out the book uh, Lucifer's Hammer by Larry Niven, where they actually do this great experiment where they hit Earth with a cubic mile of hot fudge Sunday and annihilate it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Why did that make the list? Hot fudge Sunday uh, impact. It would be a good way to go. Be like, the cherry's coming straight for me. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. Okay. okay, number two. Eaten by a von Neumann machine, or by von Neumann machines, which is basically say that again. Von Neumann. That's awesome. Why? I don't know because I've never said it right in my life. Oh well, it, it's this is basically saying. Uh, self-replicating nano items. So this is, this is where the replicators get us. Yeah, and so basically it, they'll consume the entire Earth and it will convert it into, well, there's this theory called the gray goo theory, which is that if you unleash the von Neumann machines, that it would actually just, if you saw everything, they would like use up all the resources and you just get this big gray goo of these machines that just like keep consuming each other and uh, rebuilding themselves, so self-replicating machines, big deal. Okay. Would All they right. take hum- they they would take human form by the end though, as Stargate has taught us. They would, oh, yeah. So you know, it's. I mean, somehow they would. There must be some sort of energy involved, so they must burn up some sort of energy. I would think that eventually the second law of thermodynamics would would uh, come into play, and they would just all kind of run down. But maybe not. Maybe re- replicators don't seem to need fuel, so. There you go. Right, a number one way to destroy the Earth. Boring. What is it? Hurl it into the sun. Come on. I Hurl can get it. behind this plan. This sounds like fun. You get a hell of a tan. It could. Well, they say in the article that one of the risks of hurling the Earth into the sun is that if you don't do it just right, you'll just hurl the Earth towards the sun, and it will go into this really weird orbit around this, this weird elliptical orbit in which the Earth is not actually destroyed it just kind of goes around so don't miss yeah, yeah don't. this one's this one's boring yes i have to tell you one last thing about our destroying the earth that i watched a show on the history channel the other day which is the top 10 ways that life will earth or life will end on earth and you know what number one was uh, they, they had like diseases and super volcanoes and blah 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 you know what number one was reality television no that would be like number zero no, global warming. It was like they spent oh, like please. I know. Come on. I mean, we we, we had that PBS show back in the 90s after the warming and even they didn't say life will end and like it might suck to be us, but you know, life will be fine. 
Exactly. It's just God hugging us closer. That's right. <laughs> the moral of the story is that if you're going to be destroyed, be destroyed in style. Now that we've talked about a ton of these uh, issues that really have a lot of gravity, and I don't mean like the gravitation kind of gravity, it's time for something a little bit a little bit more lighthearted. It's time for the latest news of the week. So, here we are. It's We're here for the lamest news of the week. That part of the show where we all compete to find out who has the lamest news of the time since our last podcast. And I think... Yeah, why do we still call it lamest news of the week? Lamest news of the three to four weeks or so, give Plus or take. minus. Because once we've achieved ascension and are actually releasing a podcast every week, then... It will be lamest news of the week, and we won't have to change our bumper music. And being to our pure energy, no lame news. So uh, they do. What about beings that are contaminated energy? Would they know lame news? Maybe. Okay. So I think because so you guys were going to do this weekly, you probably would both have to lose your jobs, right? Uh, I could probably lose my job pretty easily. Lose or gain. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, so Lori, since you're the guest, oh, no wait, that didn't mean anything. No, it meant nothing at all. That's why I'm pretending <laughs> you never said it. How about this? Pat is stupid. Okay, Uh-oh. if that's not news, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's not news at all. All right, so since Lori is our guest, guestess, I don't know, um, maybe and a lady, so we should say ladies first. Why? Thank you. Um, Go ahead, Craig. Hey, you know, that would be age before beauty. No, no, that would just be age and beauty at the same time if I went first. So there we go. Okay, Lori. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys follow, but um, the girls next door, a.k.a. Hugh Hefner's girlfriends, are moving out of the Playboy Mansion and are not going to be his girlfriends anymore. All That's of them? my lame news. Um, definitely know at least Holly and Kendra are moving on. Um, haven't heard anything about Bridget, but Bridget's, you know, not a spring chicken anymore, so I don't see her really lasting too much longer anyway. And he has two new girlfriend potentials who are 19-year-old twins. I hate Hugh Hefner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's 82 years old and still keeps reeling in the chicks, and Holly Madison who probably was legitimately in love with him, um, finally realized she wasn't going to be able to get married and have kids. So she moved on. That's pretty lame. Yeah. Craig, what have you found? Well, my lame news that I found was that the uh, Robben Island Museum in South Africa, which is the site where Nelson Mandela was jailed, is being shut down for several weeks in November. Because of a rabbit infestation. So there's too many rabbits there. And in the article, they said that um, tourists uh, are, you know, want to see the cell, but uh, they had to close it for a little while while rabbits were killed to protect plant life. So basically, I found a, this lame news story is about killing bunnies because they were in, they were in the Nelson Mandela Museum. Maybe were they in it or just near it? No, they were. I think they were in it. Uh, yeah, they were a colony of rabbits that has invaded the site where Nelson Mandela was jailed. So they're in the building. I think they're in the cell. It sounds like oh. the wow. exact number of rabbits are unknown. Uh, how can you live like that? Um, maybe they're really mean rabbits, like Monty Python. Could they be. could be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, Pat. What do you got? I'm just stunned by your lameness. Okay. I don't mean your article, I just mean your lameness. So, you mean my muscle atrophy? All right, I found (laughs) on bloggernews.net, which is the Blogger News Network, so you know this is, like, great coverage. Very Um, Yeah, they reviewed some restaurant that was, like, a Chuck E. Cheese kind of, you know, kids play pizza kind of place. Yep. And their review is really, really negative. 
And the owner of the restaurant wrote this like barely coherent um, response, which is it's. I mean, the reviews stupid. They're like, we hate this place, but we went three times. And then the <laughs> owner writes back like, I am an ex marine and I protected your freedom of speech, but you shouldn't have this and we're a Christian business. And I was like, it doesn't even make sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, the the review is crap, but then the response is crap. So that's all. That was pretty lame. Yeah. yeah wow. It was pretty lame. Can, can I add one? I, I have to add one other news thing, which is not really lame, but it's just kind of like just shows that like people who listen to news are lame or watch news or I don't know how how do people get their news? Like, Especially people who listen to podcasts. If you're getting your news from us, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, we're we're not as uh, uh, accurate as the Daily Show. I would say. <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow. All right. So I have to say, just on Monday. 10.13, the Dow gained 976 points, largest single gain ever, and everyone's making such a big deal out of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was, like, maybe the best point gain, but, like, percentage-wise, it was, like, only the fifth best day ever. And people are like, it's the best day ever! And not really. I mean, it's actually... And they're kind of ignoring, like, the worst couple weeks ever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was looking at uh, Dow Jones records on the internet, and, uh, you know, some of the best and worst days all, like, uh, you know, ever happened, like, within the past, like, you know, two weeks. And it was kind of interesting. Like, interesting okay. if you don't have any money invested. Well, well I mean, uh, I gotta defend the fact that they're making it out to be the best day ever, because it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do, and it's making people feel warm and fuzzy about the stock market, so it doesn't keep plummeting. Let them make up their records, just as long as it keeps everything from going into the toilet. True. And that is... Lame. Lame. Okay, right, well, so if, if we get extra entries, I'm also going to talk about the World of Warcraft mouse. <laughs> so get this. It has not one button like those lame little Mac mice. It has not two buttons like a normal mouse or three like a really cool mouse. It has 15. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a 15-button mouse. Wow. All right. Now I'm looking at my fabulous gaming mouse to see how many buttons it has. I don't think it's nearly as cool. And it glows, and the glow can pulse. There are 16 million illumination choices. Okay, I'm done. No, that was that, that was kind of interesting, actually. That does not count as lamest news of the week. It, that was actually pretty interesting. See? Oh, okay. But that was, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. All right, so who had the lamest news of the week? Who wins? Me. I don't know. Who cares about an 82-year-old man and some blonde bimbos? Was it Hugh Hefner's bunnies or Nelson Mandela's bunnies? That's true. Ooh. I'm going to give it to Nelson Mandela's bunnies. Really? I, I kind of liked the whole like Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. I can just see like some like shell-shocked Marine there like pounding at the computer, like you know, like typing up his uh, rebuttal to the review or whatever, and it just sounds very redneck so how about this we all win it's a tie it's a tie we're all winners yay we're winners you think of our like jokers experience we had yes back in maine i remember that that was fun is that that one that i went to yes yeah that's where a bunch of grown adults played laser tag it was pretty fun they also had a star trek voyager video game where you had to fight the board okay that was important yeah, you're like, yeah, okay, moving right along. Woo! <laughs> let's let's just like bask in the the glory of that statement for a few minutes, then we'll get if back o- to the podcast. If only I could be 25 again. Yes, exactly. Then then you would be 15 years older than you act. <laughs> <laughs> you, you opened yourself up for that one. No, okay. Um, well, now that being said, we uh, also had. Finally, some of our dedicated listeners actually like left us voicemails on our Grand Central number, which is, what is our Grand Central number? Anybody know? Six, seven, eight something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. our Grand Central number is six, seven, eight, nine, 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 six, three, two, one. 
Thank you, Pat. I'm not going to say toll charges may apply this time. Because they don't apply? Shit. I said it. <laughs> yeah, you did, actually. <laughs> oh, you also cussed on your podcast. Shame on uh, you. Okay, so our first here, here's our first voicemail. Hi, Tweaking Geek. This is Mike Swindler with the promised, although slightly late, iPhone 2.1 update. Uh, I did install that update pretty much uh, as soon as it came out, and I'm happy to report that it takes care of pretty much all the problems that uh, we were having before. Uh, apps install faster. The phone updates and backs up to iTunes faster. Uh, the battery life is slightly better, assuming you don't use the phone very much. Uh, just for normal data usage, it uh, gives you another one to two hours. And... Uh, yeah, most importantly, when you update an app that you previously installed, uh, it keeps its position on your pages, so it doesn't end up messing up your layout every time you uh, update apps. So, uh, great show, guys. I uh, can't wait for the next episode. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, thank you, former co-host, for, uh, for that excellent uh, analysis of the new iPod software. See, I told you Mike was awesome. Yay. So what... So Craig, uh, I still haven't gone to the 2.1 software. So what's your uh, what's your opinion? It's good. Um, I, I didn't I didn't notice any sync differences, but I, I I don't know. You know that just I just haven't noticed it. I, I think it did help my volume problem out a little bit. That's pretty much all I've noticed. Other other than that, it's and they have the genius playlist and stuff like that. To be honest, it wasn't a huge upgrade. I, I mean, it, it wasn't a huge difference, but. The so have you seen the Koi Pond on the iPhone? No. So it's this stupid little program that turns your iPod into a little fish pond with fish swimming in it, koi fish. Wow. And it's, I think I like know someone who knows someone who knows someone who wrote it, and they're making like $100,000 a month on this stupid little program. Really? I mean, I'm not, which isn't saying it's bad, right? I mean, it's just this little no, fish no, swim I'm, around in a pond. You can chase them around. They don't like when you tap them and stuff. It's very and pretty. It's it's really pretty, and it's really simple, and they're making you know insane amounts of money. Excellent. That's all. No, that I'm just jealous. Uh, you should be jealous. Uh, I that that's, I mean, a koi pond. There you go. There, there's a bunch of those things on uh, the iPod Touch. You know, I I've been downloading. I downloaded some applications. You know, all the free ones, or whatever. And then I got rid of them, and you know, because it's like they're fun for like five minutes. The only one I've gotten so far that I really like is this one. It's called Word Warp. And it's just basically, it gives you six scrambled up tiles. You have to, like, find all the words that you can make all the letters of that. So so we should write a Tweaking Geek pond. Tweaking Geek pond? So, yeah. so we swim around in the pond and people try to chase us off the screen because we're hideous? <laughs> you guys swim very well. And, and if, they miss, if they miss us, we tell them about the lamest news of the week. It's perfect. It is perfect. We'll be rich. We will be rich. Richer. Richer. Ah. Richer. All right. Our next voicemail comes from uh, one of our lovely female listeners. Hello, Tweak and Geek. This is Flo. Um, my question is, in the Stargate continuum, when Ball is about to be executed and then he goes back in time and um, he gets rid of the Stargate program, then does he return back to right to the time where he's being executed because if he stayed back in the time where he was getting rid of the Stargate program, wouldn't he have to get rid of the ball in that time period? Because that time period ball, the one from before, <laughs> he doesn't know about the future, so he'd be worthless in terms of controlling time, in terms of, I mean, in terms of having extra knowledge. So he'd have to go... So the one that was being executed has to go back in time and stay there with all his knowledge or provide a farmer's almanac like in Back to the Future. Okay, bye. Well, Flo, I think that Ball is going to have to travel back in time and have a little talk with past Ball and be like, look, dude, you just can't have two balls. And that'll make him sad, so he'll be the blue ball. <laughs> no, okay, so Ball's pretty smart and evil and all that, and I imagine if future Ball went back in time to past Ball, 
convinced him that he was, in fact, Future Ball and said, I've got this plan to kick SG-1's ass, Past Ball would just kind of step aside and let it happen. So that's what I think happened. Ah. What do you think? I guess I agree. That, that, that was very complicated. I have to say that question made my head hurt. And that... Well... Well, what? It's like... The ball that went back in time, is that like a real ball or is that a ball clone? No, that was a real ball. Yeah, that was the ball. Oh. Can we make any more ball puns? Um, I don't know. You, you, it's, it, like he was one ball. it's your turn to make a ball pun, so the ball is in your court. Oh. <laughs> oh, well played, Craig. <laughs> so. Yeah, like all the time travel alternate timeline overlapping looping things always kind of hurt my head too like the whole Sarah Connor Chronicles thing you know where the last movie didn't happen because a Terminator that was reprogrammed went back and like intercepted them you know it just yeah it hurts my brain so what you're saying is if you're going to do time travel you've really got to be on the ball you do. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, beat that. We we may have actually like any any seriousness Flo had hoped to get out of that, I think. Well, no, I Pat your answer was right. Ever our Lori's and mine, we were we were just being dumb. I was being dumb. No, I was just agreeing that it was All right, you weren't being kind of confusing. I was being dumb. You were be, you were being okay. full and fabulous. As always. <laughs> Interestingly, according to the Insultingly Stupid Movie Physics site, uh, which is a great read if you're ever really bored, just go Google that. Um, one of the movies that got time travel the best was uh, Terminator 1. It turns out if you believe in time travel into the past, then you believe in causal loops, and it's totally allowable for Kyle Reese from the future to be John Connor's father. Ah. Huh. Like, if if you can time travel into the past, then it has to be possible, or else it would be a paradox, but you can't have a paradox. That's all. Well, you, but real time travel, you can't actually travel into the past before the time machine actually was created, so. That's true. And have you heard about the guy who's trying to do this? He's got some seriously deeply funded NSF-type project where he's built a time machine that people can communicate back from the future. Okay. And so, of course, if like it ever switches off or breaks, then they can't communicate from beyond that point. So he'll know it works when he turns it on and gets a message immediately. Uh-huh. Um, is this for real? I mean, obviously not. Yeah, this is for real. This is some reputable scientist who honestly thinks he's invented this. And- but I don't have a link because I'm lame. Oh, okay. So it's like a story someone told me, but I, I saw a link once on my brother's friend's uncle's roommate's computer or something. Oh, well, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It's I like it. It All sounds right. true. I think uh, it sounds true. Okay. So that'll be an interesting experiment to watch. I, I'm positive I've also like read a sci-fi book with that plot. Huh. It doesn't sound like much of a plot. You know, the, yes, but what does the message from the future say? It says, help. I'm, Turn this machine off now. Help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie factory. <laughs> okay. Your, your voice is echoing so, kind of weird. It sounds like you're an evil genius now. Awesome. All right, so I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah, it probably does it. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for, Lori, for gracing us with your presence you're very welcome uh can i say a parting word yes as long as that <sighs> word yeah. is let me give you this 500 dollars bill that's a sentence <laughs> okay sorry you can say whatever you want Lori. um i just wanted to say that if anyone's looking for a cool youtube channel to look at go to stuck at seven s-t-u-c-k-a-t-s-e-v-e-n that is my friend edmund's YouTube channel, and he has some funny videos up there. Does he listen to Tweaking Geek? No, but I bet if I tell him that I talked about Stuck at 7, he will. All right. And and he'd better give us a shout-out back, or else. I'm sure he will. Or else. We're sending Craig after him. (gasps) I'm actually in one of his videos. I've seen that. That's fascinating. 
I think that's the lamest news of the week. <laughs> yeah, probably. If it involves me, it's probably pretty lame. No, stop that. I'd like to do a shout-out. No, I wouldn't. Okay. okay. No, I, I actually don't. I don't have anybody. No, I, I want to shout-out to... Okay, I want to shout-out to Kate, who... Thank you for your, your thing about the ways to destroy the world. And Kate also sent us lots of other good stuff, which we will address at another time, which because they're awesome. But we basically are having like a 5,000 year long podcast tonight. So we probably don't want to kind of do any more of that. So Pat, you want to shout out while we're all shouting out, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Swindler from last episode. Holla. Uh, just because he, uh, he actually sent us an email a long time ago that would have been a great topic to talk about, but we never had time to research. Oh yeah. It was really complicated. And yeah. So Swindler, your IntelliSense question was totally awesome, but realistically we're, just never going to get to it. We're really sorry. No, we're really stupid, is what you're saying. We're, we're too. too dumb to to do something. See, I can't even finish a sentence. I'm so dumb. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can always reach us at tg at tweakinggeek dot com or our grand central number, which is six seven eight nine 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 something six three two one six seven eight. Nine 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 six three six three two one. All right, so call us up and we'll play your voicemail on the air, um, and or on the net or whatever this is. And if you have any ideas for for shows, or I guess if you want to be on the show, <laughs> we're we're pretty much letting any old random person who wants to be on Tweaking Geek be on it these days. So come on by. Next week, featuring a really smart dog. <laughs> Hey, Craig, can I do a shout-out at some point? Yeah, we'll do that at the end. I can't. We'll tell you when you can talk. We got a voicemail about balls. I think I'm saying we need to do some serious editing of this outro. Beep. Hi, Poopy Kaka. Oh, is that our new intro? What? <laughs> Hi, Poopy Kaka. <laughs> this week on Tweakin' Geek, Poopy Kaka. <laughs> I have to go make Tinkle. Bye now. No. My kitty's pretty.